Thanks for tuning in. This is Xavier Ortega with Radically Distinct with another fun and fact-filled episode of Brand Center, the show where we weigh in on global brands and celebrity brands to determine if they're making the moves that win or the moves that fail. In today's episode, we're going to examine Philip Morris and their latest campaign for a smoke-free future in the UK. Now, today I have with me branding and marketing consultant Jen Morgan with Radically Distinct. And Radically Distinct's tech development partner, Doug Headley. Vaping already. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now the first thing I wanted to dive into is what the, the commercial they're running in this campaign actually consists of. It's, it's very interesting. It's a dynamic commercial carrying a lot of messages and a lot of subtle nuances. Um, what I think is interesting is um, uh, the direct uh you know, reflection of the movie Entrapment, uh, where Catherine Zeta-Jones has this scene where she's acrobatically maneuvering through this museum over these lasers. Um, and so they kind of copy that sequence in the beginning of the commercial as this girl is trying to get to a place where she can set down her lighter. Um, and it's supposed to be symbolic of the difficult nature of trying to give up smoking and trying to quit. Um, and along the way, she's got a coach in her ear that's you know, encouraging her to keep going. And uh, that's supposed to be a connection to the community online that Philip Morris has built um, in order to help smokers maybe choose a smokeless uh, nicotine product um, that they that they are producing now. So there's there's a lot of promotion going on in terms of the future of Philip Morris. Um, but, you know, what do you guys think is the ultimate goal of this campaign? Jen? Well, I think that the goal of the campaign is to raise awareness of Philip Morris's smokeless tobacco products and to gain new customers, people who are buying uh, cigarettes from other competitors. I think they're trying to pull them over with it, with those products. And I also think that they're trying to win back customers who have quit smoking with their um, all, all across the board, I think it's about bringing awareness to the fact that they don't just have cigarettes, they have smokeless products. Interesting. Yes, I, I would agree. They're definitely wanting to raise awareness of this new vertical and product line that they're jumping in front of. Um, now, Doug, what, what do you think their ultimate goal is for this camp campaign? Excuse me. <clears throat> well, when you, when you hear that Philip Morris is putting out an anti-smoking campaign, I want to give him a side eye. But like my side eye is so so far that I might might dislocate my eye sockets. <laughs> I I don't trust it, but I after seeing the campaign, I see it as like a like a judo move into advertising on on television. Um, when I, when I saw the ad campaign, I thought to myself, well, if I was watching it at a bar, it would with the sound off. It would just be some girl handing another person a lighter that maybe wanted to go out and smoke. So if I was having a beer at the pub, I would go. I would. I would be incensed to like go out and have a cigarette at that point. Um, yeah, I think it's very interesting. I can't wait to dive into it. 
Definitely, definitely. I, I love that uh, uh, analogy there about the judo because you're certainly flipping the script is what is traditionally understand about Philip Morris. And you bring up an interesting point. They're able to get an ad placement on TV, which is something they've never been able to do. Um, so considering the regulatory compliance that Big Tobacco has you know, had to be held up against when it comes to advertising, do you guys think that they should have been able to run this ad in the first place? Jen, what are your thoughts? No, I think that this is clearly a wolf in grandma's clothes. Um, I think that what they've done very well is a group of marketers said, how can we get on TV uh, with these to to uh, smokeless products as the product that we're trying to market? So I think that they smartly aligned themselves with the idea to raise awareness to quit smoking. But I do not think that their intentions are to help people quit smoking. I think their intentions are to pull you back into the world of being a smoker. Whether it's smokeless or not, you should buy Philip Morris's products. So ultimately, in your opinion, it's definitely not about um, helping society reduce its use of tobacco products or nicotine. It's really just creating uh, more consumer base and retargeting those who may have quit smoking and offering uh, another nicotine delivery solution. Um, and so I think I'd have to agree with you. They probably should not have been able to run that campaign. But, you know, it is, it is a pretty clever loophole that they found. I have to admit there's some genius to it. Doug, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you guys. The, the message is clear. Stop smoking for 30 days. We're going to help you out. If you look at the contents of the ad, it was the, uh, the guy in the, in the headphones. That was who Philip Morris is uh, supposed to be in that commercial. You sign up for the, the service, and you're going to get encouragement. You're going you're gonna to quit after 30 days. There's nothing about that, that messaging that's nefarious. Now, if you put Philip Morris's, uh, uh, the stigma of that company upon the commercial, then you come up with the artillery, arterial motives. But it's not that on its face. What I see is not a wolf in grandma's clothing. I see a wolf that's become so old that it wants to become grandma and start helping people. <laughs> Maybe okay. But okay. I just like to interrupt here. I think you can't say on the one hand that the message is uh, has like that the message inspires people to go out and have a cigarette because you're seeing a lighter and it's not really clear that they're trying to get you to quit. You can't say that. And then at the same time, say that you think that he's that the message is not nefarious. Isn't that what you said? I think that that's a that doesn't go each way, Doug. It can, though. So there are there are stigmas. Um, associate well not stigmas but uh the the individual like visual cues that a smoker might get when viewing it as a byproduct of the message but it's not um when judging whether or not something should or should not be on television is not about like necessarily how it's perceived but what the words that they say so like it's it it's sanitized completely yes i i think that Philip Morris might be sinister enough to trigger me to go smoke with their anti-smoking campaign. Yes, <laughs> that's my side eye. But I, but if you if you take a look at it in a petri dish where it's isolated, it doesn't. It, it's innocuous. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. Um, so you're saying you know there's the possibility that they did not intentionally uh, create those visual triggers and cues 
for the nefarious purposes of uh, inciting smoking. You, you think right. they didn't? So, huh. Okay. Now, um, I think they did. <laughs> I think they knew full on well uh, what the visual triggers, um, you know, prompt smokers to smoke. They've been in this business a very long time. They know their consumer base well. Um, I'd almost be curious to look at the statistics of the relapse rate of someone who's quit for 30 days and then how much more cigarettes they go by after they do. Um, but we don't have that data to, to analyze, but I'd be curious to see it. Now, so with that being said, um, obviously, you, you think their, their message is, is what they delivered. You think that was the, the true intention of their message. Um, Doug, now, Jen, do you no, think... No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm saying that it, it should be allowed on TV because it, on its face, it's genuine. Okay. Now, do I think that they're, that they're shady? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay now so then let that brings me to what we might think the real message is um i'm doug I'll, I'll let you pick it up well what do you think the real message is oh so what i see here i went and dug into the campaign a little bit ha, Doug, that's my name um and what i what i saw was um you give them your email you possibly log in with facebook and the reason for coming to the site as as um the campaign goes is you want to quit for 30 days. Um, and if you go to the site, you'll see a lot of alternatives to uh, cook, not smoke, uh, vapes, you know, like all these other alternate products uh, as a means to quit smoking. They're not saying quit nicotine. Now, the campaign never says that. So, what I see is a way to gather metrics on people who, um, of varying ages uh, across the board, who have a desire to stop smoking. And then once they sign up for the campaign, they've given they've given Philip Morris their email and possibly their Facebook account where they can see all their other friends and stuff, um, and given them a um, a data set to model against when trying to advertise in the future. So okay. what they're doing is they're trying to win at the game of changing markets away from tobacco into or away from smoking tobacco into the vaping industry, and this is their catalyst to doing so. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree that it's a preparation move for uh, the future wave of, um, you know, tobacco consumption and nicotine consumption and the delivery uh, products that are going to be available, um, especially for a more health conscious uh, population that's going to be that society will be made up of. Now, um, so, Jen, back to that point, do you think that there is any uh, ulterior message that they were trying to get across or do you think there was a, a real message that is not in alignment with, um, you know, let's all build a smoke free future? Um, well, I mean, the message that was said was you need what I interpret on the surface was we need support in order to quit smoking. So your friends are a good support for you. And the hold my light is an idea of like, you know, help me with this. I think that's the superficial message. But what's the actual message, I think, is, hey, Philip Morris changing with the times here. You don't want to smoke anymore. We get that. So just come by our smokeless products. I, I mean, it whether or not it's an immediate entry into it it's the move that they made just a few months ago and it's become very clear that they're now available in the market that they happen to air this particular campaign i mean it's just almost kind of sad <laughs> that the government didn't look at all the other moves before they allowed it and i don't know if the government would have had to been involved in the deciding to let them run or not but somebody clearly didn't do their due diligence 
Okay. Um, now, with that in mind, what do you guys think is ultimately the social and the business impacts of running this campaign? Um, let's let's start with the social impact analysis. Um, uh, Jen, I'll, I'll let you pick it up from there. What do, what are your thoughts? Uh, social impact is, you know, the the this, so this ran in the UK, and so the social impact is, you know, what so whoever decides whether what airs on TV is not really looking out for our kids and our families because they're letting Philip Morris again advertise after we spent all this time lobbying and creating laws so that they couldn't. So social impact, clearly somebody was bought off or or wasn't doing their job. So this the, the social impact is we're not being taken care of. Business aspect, however, I think it's a really positive thing because now I'm talking about it and I'm in the U.S. or we're talking about it we're in the U.S. I didn't even know that they were trying to get into this market. I knew nothing about it, and now I do. And I know about it because of the controversy that they created. So very similar to the Nike Kaepernick controversy, um, they've created a buzz that I think they intended to create this controversy. So the business impact is dividends are going up. Stock stockholders are happy and you know what we're pretty much convinced the stockholders that philip morris is going to transition and potentially have yet another century of successful growth okay absolutely i think that that is a sound uh, perspective and doug what do you think the social and business impacts are of this campaign all right well socially i my concern is they're trying to um, whitewash their image, make give it a good good look. If you're one of those people who uh, might have had someone die of lung cancer, then you're probably you probably know that like Philip Morris owns Kraft and all these other companies, and you're going to avoid them because you have animosity towards the brand. But let's say you don't you don't have that kind of connection to um, Philip Morris and the and the deaths of like people who who uh, died of cancer as a result of smoking, then you may you may think of that as a as a positive. You they could they can move into the vaping industry and they disconnect themselves from the stigma of their old of their old brand. So they kind of can cut ties and move forward. So socially I'm concerned because I've got a vape pen here. I believe it's sativa, <laughs> I forgot already. But if I saw like Philip Morris on here, I would be I'd be repulsed. But if they had a company that um, if they moved to to change their image, you might not get that reaction from me. You know, so this the transparency between like the the company and its past get obfuscated, and I'm and I don't think that's a good thing. Um, as far as business is concerned. I think it's it's a good PR move. I think they, they want to show that they care. They want to be on TV and be top of mind, and they get to achieve that by doing something, like Jen said, that's controversial and then getting people to talk about it because the haters are going to hate, and they're going to rile themselves up. Um, meanwhile, the conversation carries on, and, and the, the, we, get to know, we get to know who they are as a brand in association with doing good things. So the, it's a big win for them in that, on that front. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, now, I think I'd have to agree with both your guys' perspectives um, when it comes to the social and business impacts. 
And, you know, uh, socially, I think that they are, you know, getting in front of the new wave of health conscious consumers and they're thinking about their future and they see an opportunity to change the narrative of their brand. You know, to, to your point, Doug, that, you know, historically they're not associated with good things. Right. We, we tend to think of them as like a merchant of death. Um, and, you know, that's not going to be a sustainable brand uh, legacy in the in the future. So I think they're definitely preparing to um, you know create a new narrative, and this is a this is the time right now. This paradigm shift, this generational shift, um, you know, um, in uh, control of uh, consumer spending is is changing hands. They're getting ready for that. Um, but so let's jump in with that. All that in mind, let's jump into um, the win fail analysis. You know, this campaign is historic. It's 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 a big deal in my opinion. Uh, Doug, what do you think? Do you think that this was, um, I think I heard you say, say you thought that on the business side, it was a win. Um, big win. Big yeah, win. Okay. Um, it's an edgy campaign and man, it, it's perplexing. Like I said, I first heard that they were promoting uh, anti-smoking. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Now I'm curious. Uh, curiosity is something you want to cultivate as a, as a marketing like team. So kudos to them. Definitely. Okay. Um, and Jen, what do you think? When fail? Well, I, I'm not on board, but it was definitely a win because as I said, I'm, I'm talking about it. We're talking about it. It's, it, it made me aware of the fact that they now have these products for sale that I didn't know about before. And even if I'm not agreeing with the fact that I do think it's a wolf in grandma's clothes. And I do think that they're going to have some follow-up campaign that just helps people get back onto smoking. I do think that. However, um, I think that companies have to change with the times. And I think that just listening to Doug talk about it, I think somebody who is young and thinking about what are we gonna do when I'm out picking up a, a smokeless, cigarette product is likely. So I think they put themselves into a new game and a new, creating a new market. And I think that they've increased the dividends of their stock. So how could you say it's a lose? So when, unfortunately. Absolutely. I, I, I agree totally. This is a, a big win. Not only are they, you know, receiving um, financial gains, but you know, they found a strategic loophole to getting their, their brand placed on TV and, there's some genius to that. You know, you've got to kind of hand it to them and tip your hat. Um, and at the same time, simultaneously building the awareness of this completely new vertical that they're getting into, which is the uh, tobacco um, or smokeless uh, alternatives of, of tobacco products. Um, like you said, I wasn't even aware of their hand in, in, in that area. So I am now. And there's international controversy and discussion going on. And I can't even imagine how many times just the word smoking or smoke prompts a smoker to go smoke. So the more that they can get that uh, discussion and buzz going, the better for them. So yeah, big win, big win for Philip Morris. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for your insight. Um, great discussion. And this has been another episode of Brand Center brought to you by Radically Distinct.